I had a bomb threat today at my school. So I didn't go to class because at first I was like, it's fake, it's fine. But then I got three more messages of three to, three more buildings getting cleared out and was like, yeah, I think I'm going to sit this one out, chief. I forgot what country I was in. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. So after each podcast episode, I'm going to do this thing called After Hours, where honestly, anything can go. All right. Anything can happen. I can talk about anything, discuss anything. It's just basically thoughts that I didn't want in the podcast episode that like kind of transfers over. Sometimes it could just be puppies. But, you know, it's just a place where we can come hang out, chill. It's nothing too major. It's nothing too crazy. All unedited. Just me and my thoughts and a mic. So, if you want to listen to these podcast episodes, it's dropping with each podcast episode that I drop. It's called After Hours, but you can only find it on Spotify or Apple because it's with a subscription. The subscription is going to be $4.99 a month, and you'll get access to all podcast episodes. You don't have to pay per episode. It's just a flat, well, I'm, I think it's actually plus tax, but it's $4.99 a month. And you get access to all of them, including my cute little shady podcast episode that I posted a while back about a roommate. But it is what it is. If you want to hear it, you can go check it out. But yeah, so after hours, we'll be starting with this podcast episode. All right. Now here's the episode. I'm your host, Brianna Silva, and today I am here to give you the most American podcast episode I have ever given you in my life. Now, I must admit, this podcast episode is definitely being tailored to my immigrant... Did I just say immigrant listeners? No, baby. My foreign listeners. Although you can be an immigrant listening to this podcast episode that currently lives in America. If you do, babe, sit down. Grab a cup of tea, a cup of wine a bottle of vodka and a shot glass I don't care I don't judge okay whatever you want to grab sit down listen to me we got to talk about something and yes if you follow me on Twitter you would know that this podcast episode was definitely created in my mind the idea came to me in class after having an in-class discussion about have we been socialized to want the American dream and ooh baby the discussions that were flying across the room literally made me run home pick up my computer realize I had three more assignments to complete I had an 8 a.m class so I better just write the the idea down and record the podcast episode later it is now later aka the following day because I literally stayed up until 11 p.m finishing everything that I had to complete so recording an hour-long podcast episode about this yeah it was not fence to happen okay okay great so 
the American dream, okay? The American dream is going to a big university like the Texas A&M here in College Station and getting bomb threats. I'm kidding, partially. <laughs> it comes with the American lifestyle, okay? You Constant threats, just constant threats in places that should be safe. But don't worry, nothing happened. Everything was cleared. We got it all clear. Apparently, A&M said it came from a tip to the IT desk that was alluding to athletic facilities. And I was like, okay, A&M, okay. <laughs> but back to what this whole podcast episode was about. I love the timing, though. Love the timing of me having to record this podcast episode in the threat. But the in-class discussion was basically us going around the room and talking about have we been socialized to want the American dream? And the first person to speak up was a girl who literally immigrated here to America. Migrated? Immigrated? Yeah, immigrated here to America. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Can I go ahead and get a definition check on the word immigrated? <laughs> Sometimes immigrated. Yes. To come to live permanently in a foreign country. Yes, she immigrated here to the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all talk about cold the good old US of A the red white and blue that flies in our sky where you are free until you see red white and blue right behind you <laughs> the puns they're rolling but she was basically describing how she came to America literally looking for the American dream. That's all that was ever talked about in her home country. She's from Brazil. Um, I think I'm giving too much information about the girl. <laughs> I will be trying to keep everyone as anonymous as possible. But she literally moved here trying to get the American dream. And like she said, even the government sort of pushed it on her because she came here and she needed a U.S. citizenship, you know, trying to do everything legally. And there and it was so expensive, like it's literally thousands and thousands of dollars to become naturalized here in the United States. And so, you know, that's a lot of money that you got to pull out of thin air after already spending all this money to pack up and move your entire life to a new country and so then they started offering her like well if you go to the military like you'll get everything paid for we'll do everything for you like we got you da 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 so she joined the military and she like I thought this was kind of funny like looking back on it now she's a college student but it was semi-funny to hear like she literally had to go to war to become a U.S. citizen and like she said after doing all of that you know she found out the american dream isn't even real like you always hear the american dream is that rags to riches story she did all that literally went to war only to just get her citizenship and live a really hard life constantly trying to figure out like how to make a dollar in america and I, you know, that's when I was like, I mean, yeah, my whole life is based around the American dream. I literally come from a family of immigrants. They all immigrated here from Dominica, a small French island, not Dominican Republic. Everyone always mistakes it. Okay. I don't, my family does not speak Spanish, even though I'm learning Spanish. But that's because I want to communicate with my friends and not my family. If I wanted to communicate with my family, I would have chose to learn French. <laughs> ben, I can hear you cussing me out right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> the way he jumped when he heard his name. But yeah, so they speak French, right? But they all came here looking for that American dream. The rags to riches, they came to America, they made it, they live good, they live in luxury. Life is good, everyone can get the American dream. And then they got here, and the only American American dream they're having is dreaming of literally making sure we can keep a roof over our head, food on our table, and all the bills paid. Like, there was no luxury here. In fact, sometimes, you, have to decide between well now that my mom's older made more money got you know not still not rolling in dough okay like we're comfortable we're not in luxury but when she first came here she literally had to choose between like actually it wasn't even a choice she literally even couldn't even afford a plane ticket to go back to her home country to attend her grandmother's funeral she just couldn't afford it it's thousands of dollars to go back home it still is to this day. One plane ticket to Dominica is still a thousand something, you know? But what really inspired me, like, that's something I've lived, right? The immigrant who comes here and they don't have the rags to riches. They don't make it, quote unquote, make it in America the way they pictured it. They just live a comfortable life. And honestly, we'll get to that point later on in the episode. But what really made me want to make this podcast episode was listening to the kids whose parents did accomplish the American dream. You know, I figured us as immigrants, because there's other people who come from immigrant parents, you know, just a bunch of first generations in the class. And they also had the same output of like, yeah, we've been conditioned for the American dream. It's still there. Even going back home, the American dream is still there, which is true. Going back to Dominica, there are still a lot of people looking for the American dream. What I was surprised to hear were people who watch their parents do it. And some guy spoke up and said, well, his dad did it. His dad lived in poverty. His dad was a college dropout. And then by just pure will and determination of wanting it, he went back to college, he finished his degree, and now he lives a very, very nice lifestyle, you know? He accomplished the American dream with, you know, bootstrapping it, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. And if you don't get that, that's basically a saying of like, you pull, you got it out the mud. (laughs) If you don't understand that, like you made something out of nothing, you know, you created an entire empire. You, it's literally the rags to riches off of just the pure will and determination of wanting to get it done, that never give up story. And then you did it and to hear that guy literally said he has seen his parents do it and now that he's getting older he's realizing that might not even be a reality to him because he's realizing that that is an outlier of a story like he doesn't even know if that's actually realistic watching like having parents who have done it he doesn't know if it's realistic and I was like wow that's a viewpoint that I've actually never heard of I always assumed if your parents have lived the American dream you're set you're fine you don't think about it you realize like I'll have it made you know whether it's between nepotism connections or whatever it is like you feel like you can do it and then other people spoke up who actually lived that same idea where one girl she said her family were the immigrants who did the american dream 
came here to America, did the rags to riches. They are so well off. And she's even like, she's not a sure, she's not even sure if she can do that. She's not sure if it's attainable. And then hearing all the other people, like one by one, say that. Because, like, if you didn't know, AM, well, it's definitely a school with a lot of well off people, okay? People, people with Mullah Benji's Franklin's, not necessarily themselves, but definitely their families come here and I'm always looking around this goddamn school like damn so everybody ain't grow up poor <laughs> when you come out of one bubble and enter another it shocks you okay the cultural shock I was like oh oh your first car was a BMW oh your day-to-day like mom bought me this car for my birthday because I needed a car was a Mercedes-Benz oh interesting interesting yeah mm-hmm 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 not everyone lives like that, of course, but it's not uncommon to just see it. And you're just like, what? Like, what? Like, this was your first car. Like, this was your first, oop, just like going to college. It was a gift from my parents' car. Like, what? It still will never fail to shock me to this day. Just brand new, off the lot, zero mile cars. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> But, like, hearing people come from those backgrounds and even they are like, this dream is so unattainable and we're so tired of fighting for it. And I'm like, bro, yes, what do you mean my MacBook is not connected to a power source? I'm sorry. I literally moved all my stuff over to my computer desk because my MacBook was dying. And then I plugged it. Oh, maybe it's because my charger is hanging out the wall. Mm -hmm. That'll do it that'll do it but literally like listening to people go one by one around the room and listen to their experience with the American dream was very eye-opening because I like in a sense I almost feel like I owe my family the American dream you know like I feel like I owe my mother the American dream because she came here looking for the American dream and she didn't get it and you know, she, like, not necessarily that she blames herself. I, she definitely has an understanding that is definitely the system, but I don't know. I felt like now it's my time to be like, okay, well, I need to go attain the American dream for you. That's why you sacrificed everything and blah, 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 blah. And that's a whole other problem with being a first generation kid, but like, still, <laughs> you know? And to hear other people be like, yeah, I don't think any of this is attainable. Which leads me to say, for all the immigrants who want to, like, soon-to-be immigrants at least, who want to move to America, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're coming here for a better life, do it. Sometimes you need a change of scenery. But don't do it specifically for the American dream. Do it because you love the lifestyle, because you love the culture. You can have the American dream. There are a lot of immigrants who have made it who have come to America they've made the American dream you know there is nothing there is no one more hardworking than an immigrant let me just say that like that immigrant hustle is so real but be prepared like not all that glitters is gold you know there's so many immigrants who have made the American dream and accomplished it and really and truly I'm not even going to be your Debbie Downer you could also be the next American dream immigrant and you could have a wonderful luxurious lifestyle all I'm saying is be aware there is also immigrants who've come to America and they haven't made it 
you know and so really just sometimes it's okay to not make it you can definitely have a beautiful life here and there's nothing wrong here just don't move to houston texas or college station texas because god damn it if i'm stuck in traffic one more time i'm gonna pop somebody's tire i can't do it i can't oh my god these cities are so overpopulated i'm so over it i'm over it anywhere else in the united states just not houston texas or college station texas okay please pick somewhere else (laughs) the city's over i heard dallas dallas is always looking for new people Waco, Waco, Texas is always looking for new people. Even Ohio, Ohio is a fun state, but (laughs) not LA. LA, listen, LA is expensive. Okay, California in general, expensive ass state. Let me let me just preface that. California, babes, you're gonna move to California and then you're gonna move out of California. Maybe not even back home, but maybe to another state. California, we stay away from California. Although, if you are looking for more freedom in your life, a life where you can be yourself no matter who you are, I do recommend California. Or Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is another place that allow you to do that. Austin, Texas is like known as the California in the middle of Texas, which is like great, but like it is strange because I'm just like, Austin, what happened here? I like you. But how did this happen in this conservative ass state? It's always bewildering to me, but it lets you know no matter where you are, there you are, you know? (laughs) i'm living for my quotes okay my random ass quotes but like sometimes you just have to accept that it's okay to almost make it and it's okay to not make it you know just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and you're not coming here thinking you're gonna be the next billionaire because honestly with the internet now and globalization all being online you can do that from the comfort of your own country you don't have to uproot everything just to make it like in my own honest opinion I've seen a lot of people who have done this travel from moving countries first of all strongest people I've ever met Jesus the courage it takes to literally push through fear and move from one country to another will always impress me because baby if I wasn't born in the United States I would have never touched foot in the United States unless it was for vacation babes I would not move here are you kidding me uproot my entire life leave my entire family just to come to a different country babes Mm. (laughs) let me tell you God knew what he was doing okay he gave the immigrant struggle to my mother he gave the first generation struggle to me I'm perfectly fine with that perfectly fine with that stopping all generational traumas going to therapy creating different change in the family just making sure there is a place to get mental health being more open-minded being that safe spot in the family i can do that any day moving from one country to another oh babes no don't speak to me no thank you (laughs) no thank you (laughs) But, but really and truly like you can find success You know, you can find success at home. Don't let the American propaganda trick you into thinking that there's no success unless it's American success. Girl, be for real. (laughs) Like, be for real, okay? You can find success anywhere. It's all about how you define success, really and truly. But you don't need American success to be successful. And yes, I'm aware that some of y'all are definitely like, Brianna, we know that. We don't want to go into your busted, dusted up country. Listen, I don't want to be here either. (laughs) But I'm talking to the people who literally are like just getting all this American propaganda thinking that they can't be successful in their own country. 
like literally thinking that they have to uproot their lives to come to America just to probably even well not all the time but sometimes experience like worse traumas that like here than back there like you know now this is not saying we need to build walls close borders all that no we can definitely open up some borders okay it should not take you 10 years to fucking get citizenship to move to a new country that is ridiculous and america needs to do better there definitely needs to be looser laws to allow more immigrants we should definitely promote it but we should not be promoting it on the basis of the american dream but instead hey you want different if you enjoy american culture if you think america is your new home come on in there's always a safe spot for you you will find more people who are just like you you will find your own circles you will find your own chosen family here like literally but let's stop selling it on this stupid american dream that americans who are literally born and raised here who have watched others do it are literally sitting here going i don't think that's for me <laughs> like not even i don't think that's for me but like i don't think that's attainable because let's be honest that rags to riches story really is an outlier like it is an outlier and it's not strictly american rags to riches can happen anywhere around the world but jesus let's call it what it is it's an outlier story it's a phenomenal story that's why it touches our hearts that's why there's so many movies based on it like it's really hard to do and not everyone wants to do that not to mention there is luck that needs to play into it okay like you do need a little bit of luck sheer willpower alone is not going to push you into rags to riches i mean i will say everyone who has done it seems to have that in common where they're all like takes a lot of willpower it takes a lot of determination a lot of self-control so they do have that in common from just personal stories that i've heard but like it's not the only thing you know so be fucking for real like let's be fucking for real I'm scratching that. (laughs) I literally had notes where I literally said like, so in my notes, I put it's okay to not make it. And then right under it's okay to not make it. I wanted to touch on my own personal story, but I'm like, that's not even close to the American dream. It's basically my drill team story about how I was on. Okay. Y'all want to hear it now that I've like perfectly segued into it. And now I get to talk about it. Anyways, talking about myself, it's almost like I'm a solo podcaster. (laughs) But basically, I've never thought that I would ever tell this story. We're done talking about the American dream. Okay, like, let's take it, dribble it, run down the court, shoot it in the basket, and then walk away because we just won. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, but I used to be a drill team girly. Okay, period, per. Y'all remember when I came on this podcast episode and said puro means per- in Spanish, mm-mm, mm-mm. it means pure. Google Translate literally thought I misspelled it. Uh-huh. Puro is not per. Spanish lesson of the day. Okay. Sometimes we have to acknowledge our mistakes. And God damn it, when I figured that out, I was like, I'm an idiota. A stupid eye, if you will. <laughs> okay. Pop off Rosetta Stone. <laughs> but literally um i never thought i would tell this story on the internet because not gonna lie this mess was kind of low-key traumatizing and i just never opened up about it except to my friends people who were on drill team and experienced this with me i like we ranted to each other all the time 
but I get to officially share my story on my podcast like this made up so much of my life because this was my entire high school life was literally dance like I was eat sleep dance that's all I did (laughs) that's all I did all of high school not even all of high school that started back in seventh grade because seventh grade well technically second grade was when I joined my first dance team and I got to be in studio and then for reasons that I think were actually my mom told me it was one reason but I honestly think it was a lie and I think there's other reasons for it but anyways I didn't get more than one year in studio and then seventh grade was able to join my school dance team again eighth grade was on like the quote-unquote highest dance like I was on the actual dance team because there was like dance classes and then I was dance team and then ninth grade I got back into studio because as a freshman you can't be on the like varsity drill team you could only be on the junior varsity team and I was doing that but we didn't do as much as the varsity girls aka the Jeanettes ew even hearing myself say that on the internet but I'm not embarrassed to be a Jeanette I'm embarrassed to be telling this story (laughs) like to be honest, like, I've never thought I would ever publicly talk about this story because I'm still, like, I'm still protecting people's feelings. People's feelings that don't actually need to be protected. So I'm speaking up, okay? Like, literally hearing someone say, like, being an open book is, like, really hard and it never gets easy. I was like, damn, I relate to that. So it's time to be an open book. So, yeah. So then once I found out that I got on the team, 10th grade, which would be my new girl year, my mom was like, okay, Brianna, oh, yeah ninth grade I joined studio yeah yeah yeah. I covered that so my mom was like well now that you're on the team can we drop studio because like you're not gonna have enough time and I was like you are correct so I love studio and just like that I was officially a Jeanette I thought this was gonna be the best years of my life and ninth grade when I watched the Jeanettes dance during halftime on the football field and I saw the officers in the red uniforms with the very sparkly hats I was like that's it I'm going to be a dance officer like point blank period I'm gonna be a dance officer like no one is stopping me that is my goal in life and I will get to it right I literally 10th grade I took when I was finally on the team I literally still have this picture in my camera roll I took a picture of me in the colonel hat and I literally just like tagged it future goals and posted it on my story I'm not embarrassed of that picture in fact I would almost repost that picture (laughs) but I literally took a picture in it and posted it on my story and I was like future goals like I wanted to be colonel and nothing was stopping me no one was getting in my way the problem I got spear girl every year every year Never dancer of the week. Uh uh-uh. uh. Spirit girl of the week. I was always most spirited. When Miss Remy Ashton said she always got most spirited on the team, I felt that in my heart. Um, I was como se dice not the best dancer on the team. <laughs> I wasn't horrible, but my energy and my passion and my facials really made up for the lack of <laughs> the word I am looking for is skills. I had no skills. I'm just not naturally a good dance. Uh, I take that back. Hip hop, I could kill anybody. Okay, right? Not not m- metaphorically for legal purposes. Metaf- this isn't even for legal purposes. That's how I meant it. Metaphorically, like hip hop, I could take the team down single handedly. It came to like jazz and kick line. 
she had to clean up okay she had a lot of work to do because like i just didn't do like hip-hop i did in my life every day like watching dance videos and stuff like that's what i always did jazz and lyrical and whatnot i did kind of stand out like a sore thumb and it didn't make it any better that i was one of the bigger girls on team and i'm not just talking about weight although that was also true but i'm also talking about height i was one of the tallest and most curviest girls on team so i stood out like a sore thumb everywhere okay like i just didn't match with the team in general and honestly looking back we just (laughs) we weren't the best dancers being honest our whole team could have won most spirited at all dance competitions just being candid i went back i watched those videos and i was like god damn it it like the difference between our team who like came from families that were in studio versus the teams that came from areas where the girls basically hopped out the womb in tutus and been in studio and is on dance team and the studio and all this yeah you can see the difference of they've been dancing for 10 well 16 17 years and we started dancing a year ago like (laughs) you could tell the difference okay either way this girl had no moves and a dream and I was going to be colonel first step in that was definitely becoming junior lieutenant now I'm gonna be honest with you I saw my competition it was 11 of us trying out to be officer and I was not the best I I wasn't even the best leader at that time well best lenient do I want to be shady (laughs) we'll skip that part but like I wasn't even the best leader like trying out like honestly and I wasn't the best dancer so I was like I I do not have a foot in this race okay like I am not going to become junior lieutenant and I will say I don't feel like I gave it my all I did not give it my best foot forward like I really didn't care almost because I just didn't think it was going to happen for me and it didn't I didn't become junior lieutenant and I was like it is what it is but I started I sobbed I like fully sobbed because like getting the I'm sorry to inform you that you will not be officer was so heartbreaking and to make it worse the entire time that I'm like trying to try out to be officer the entire team everybody and their mama is telling me that I need to be a social officer instead and I was like I don't want to be social officer I'm going to hate it and like I just didn't think I was going to love it, right? So I was like, I'm, I'm going to hate social officer. Like, that's not my place. Like, these girls do arts and crafts and plan parties, which, don't get me wrong, I actually enjoy, like, as a hobby, but not enough to do it for a team. But everyone was like, you need to be social officer. You need to be social officer. Like, you'll do great as a social officer. And I was just like, ugh, like, it was, it was crushing to hear that because imagine the position that you don't want and everyone's telling you like that's where you fit in I'm just like are you kidding me are you literally killing me kidding me and then even hearing like the judges who judged officer tryouts and chose the officers literally told my dance director to say like you like I should be a social officer (laughs) talk about dream killers am I right so she reopened up social officer applications and you know what I don't even remember what pushed me to do it everyone was just telling me that I just need to give it a shot and I've always been a person who's like always been like don't knock it till you try it like I still hold that true to this day no matter how much I say I hate something I will still try it because like you truly don't know until you try and I'm talking about like 
I hate chocolate. I don't think chocolate's the best. But like if there's a chocolate candy bar or like some other form of like chocolate covered blah 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 that I've never heard of and I want to try it, like I'm gonna try it. I hate coconut and chocolate. If there's chocolate covered coconut, I'm gonna try it because like what if I like this specific combination? Like that is just who I am. It doesn't matter how much I say I, I hate one part of it. I'm always going to try it because you never know. So finally, I was like, don't knock it till you try it. I gave my all. I stayed up till 3 a.m. Finishing poster boards and presentations and applications. And I turned it all in. Boom, bada bing, bada bam. I'm now a social officer. Only to come to find out, I did hate it. But not for the reasons that you would think. Actually, I love the job surprisingly you know what I did hate I did hate to find out that we were the only team in our district who looked at social officers solo in fact for some reason my specific year we weren't being called social officers anymore we were the social committee just the social committee everyone else got social officers we got social committee we went to officer camp with the dance officers and dance officers were allowed to wear the free shirts that got handed out at the beginning of camp and they got to wear it on a certain day for practice days. We asked if we could do the same thing. Nope, because you're the social committee. Even though we all had the same matching shirts and that was the only requirement to be able to wear it on a certain day of our choosing for practice. Like we literally being a social officer felt like I was lower than just a girl on team and that's the part that I hated is like we were respected by the team but we weren't respected by our dance directors and I I literally couldn't put up with it anymore I mean the social officers did also hate me because they felt like I was just power hungry because I went from trying not to be a dance officer and now I'm trying not to be a social officer. It seems like she's power hungry. And you know what, from their perspective for not knowing me, sure, whatever, I get it. What pissed me off was I thought they did know me. I thought everyone on the team knew me well enough to know that I, I, to this day, I've never been power hungry in my life. Like power is cool, but not to the point where I'm going to do anything in my power to get it. You know, if it's not handed over to me naturally, if I, like if it's not earned, like I don't care for it. And even in a position of power, like who cares? You know, the whole point of being in power is not to go around bragging that you're in power. You know, it's you're there to make a difference. And so I was always that always pissed me off, too. But um, <laughs> then like half the team got kicked off because um, there was a really big party that was thrown for our colonel's birthday. And yeah, some jealous girl on team who was very upset that she didn't make dance officer or a social officer. We actually don't know who did it to this day. We all just like think we know who did it because like all I'm saying is all arrows point in that direction. And then like half the team got kicked off. And so we went from five officers and four social officers to two social officers and one dance officer. <laughs> I'm sorry, two social committee members and one dance officer. Y'all. <laughs> Suddenly I was in a dance officer position. <laughs> Not actually, it wasn't handed to me and we still had to do social stuff. But literally, like sometimes we were just so low on leader positions that like old girls and the socials had to step up to help. Like it was, it was everyone with any sort of ounce of seniority like it was on all of us to step up and so I got to choreograph a dance in spring show and I 
I got kicked out of the dance just because I choreographed that dance and was too busy choreographing and cleaning it that like I never learned the choreography for like the old girl dance. I couldn't care less. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I'm still, well, yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I was like, mm, we actually haven't seen each other in a really long time, but that doesn't like lessen our friendship. Hey, Eileen, how you doing, girl? Love you. Don't mean to call you out like this still really good friends with the girl who choreographed that dance the old girl dance was just not my favorite dance I actually couldn't care less if I was in or out so someone just screamed in my parking garage so literally when the dance director pulled me aside and was like Brianna you're not picking up the choreograph the choreography so you're out I was like cool that's fine bye what did make me upset though was that another girl wasn't picking up the choreography in another dance and she was actually one of my dance director's favorites and all she did was pull her aside talk to her and then let her go back in the dance and watch that girl struggle and struggle and struggle until like week of spring show and that was the other part that was killing me with this dance team you literally got treated like you were an angel sent from heaven if you're one of my dance director's favorites And I'm not just talking about like, oh, she enjoyed talking to you and spending time with you. No, things that are literally in our contracts that we signed to be on team that would get you kicked off, you like not kicked off a team, but like kicked out of a dance like you wouldn't get kicked out for if you're one of her favorites. But like if you weren't one of her favorites, oh, she she knew that contract front to back for you like she would choreographed dances for spring show and pick certain people to be in it all her favorites were always in it and that's always what like upset me about being on dance team and it literally like it catapulted my depression like it took my depression that was always been boiling and bubbling from like youth it took it and just like snowballed it like it turned it into an avalanche because imagine being so passionate about dancing loving dance like loving to dance all you ever want to do is make your team better because like you just like all you think about is dancing 24 7 and like the person who literally runs the entire dance department literally treated you like she wanted you out Okay, I actually want to touch on this because I feel like Charlie D'Amelio said it best. So in their Hulu reality TV show, Charlie talked about there's this dance teacher who just made her feel so bad about her body. And what it is, is like when you are that young, and even for me, that's just high school. When you love something, you are looking for validation through the people who are teaching you that art right so I was looking for that validation from my dance director like being completely honest I was I wanted her validation so badly because I love dancing I would try so hard to get better because I knew I wasn't the best on team and then for that person to constantly overlook you and to what felt like was more than just your dancing right like it felt like she overlooked me not just because I wasn't the best dancer but because she also couldn't put up with me at all I felt like there were so many people who were also on my level that she treated better just because she tolerated them more and I genuinely to this day do not know what I did to that lady ever like at a certain point in time she just hated me for no reason And I was just like, what is happening? And honestly, I know she's, (laughs) I'm spilling all the tea. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I literally don't care anymore. 
I literally know how much she hated me because one, she did pull me aside in banquet to let me know that I was getting, that she lost all respect for me because I let a girl on team announce her pregnancy at banquet and her favorite never got in trouble for that. Little did she know I wasn't the person who literally like begged and pleaded with her to announce that she was having a kid at this banquet. In fact, her favorite social officer was the one who was like, oh my gosh, I will love it. You need to do it. You need to do it. You need to do it. And so all I did was get the room's attention. Y'all, we were cleaning up, getting ready to walk out the door. And it was literally the last time we were ever going to see each other as a team. So I was like, you know what? Sure. Like, if you want to say it, go ahead and say it. So I literally just got the room's attention and she announced it that she was going to have a kid. I got pulled aside by the dance director and told that she lost all respect for me because how dare I take her special day and turn it into nothing for that. And I was like, girl, be for real. (laughs) All I wanted to do was look in her face and be like, girl, be for real. Be for real right now. And so that's why I hated being a social officer because I just I couldn't I couldn't with the dance directors like I couldn't do it anymore I was so tired of like literally when there was even only three of us right two social committee people and one dance officer I was literally pulled to the side and told that I was no longer to give like I was no longer able to give the girls any commands which was my job it was a social officer's job to make sure girls were sitting up straight make sure they were smiling we always were in the back of the team because we just had to make sure that everything was ordered from the back and it was a dance officer's job to make sure that like they know what dance to lead the entire team with basically and I got told that I was no longer able to do that because I was too rude and aggressive with the girls but what made me upset was one ask the team no they don't think I am the only people who ever thought that I was were people that like I literally like told them to like fix themselves everyone else who like didn't take a personal they're like no Brianna like you're literally just doing your job and people like other dance officers who literally I feel like would say it in the same way that I would say it never got in trouble because they're dance officers and so that always it is what it is but it didn't stop me from wanting to be a dance officer. So when packets got handed out to be a dance officer or a social officer, I picked up both because that's what I did the first time. But I picked up both because I didn't know how to let everyone know that even though I was going to be the only returning social officer, I did not want to be president. I refused to be president. In fact, I had people who got kicked off a team mad at me because they were like, I can't believe president's literally being handed to you and you don't want it. What's wrong? And I was just like, I'm sorry. When you don't want something, you don't want something. And so I didn't want to tell my dance director she literally stopped me from picking up an officer packet and told me like no someone who's in line to be president cannot try out for both and I was like wow and so I only got the social officer packet and luckily thank you Sabrina will forever love you for this xoxo my favorite gossip girl she literally like came back and handed me a dance officer packet and was like you're welcome I talked her into it I never filled out that social officer packet I refused I I didn't want to do it I only filled out the dance officer one Turn it in, went through dance officer tryouts. And let me just talk about when something isn't for you, it really just like isn't for you. Y'all, I worked hard. I worked day in, day out. I was always in front of my front yard with ankle weights, making my kicks higher because my kicks were always too low. All I had was the right technique, but I never had the right height. My leaps were too, like I was always the girl who had the right technique 
but like it was never pretty because I never had the straight leaps, the high kicks, like the pretty turns. All I had was the technique down because all I could do was go off of the technique. But like I couldn't gain the flexibility overnight. I'm not a flexible person to this day. I'm just not. Y'all, I literally was in front of my yard working on leaps and turns and kicks. I know my mom was so tired of seeing me in that front yard, just constantly, constantly, constantly working on my technique to make them prettier. And it worked. I finally got a straight leap. I finally got really high kicks. I finally perfected my technique and I got out there. I tried out. I gave it my all. I walked out feeling amazing. Guys. (laughs) There was three seniors trying out and five juniors trying out to be in the senior positions and the junior positions. We had a big enough team, so we had a big enough incoming team, so we were expecting five officer positions. There's only three senior positions and two senior, no, three senior positions and two junior positions for officers, okay? When I tell you that me and, like, everyone thought that what was going to happen was the three seniors were going to get it, and then the two best juniors were going to get it. Literally thought the girl who was the solo officer was going to be colonel. I knew I wasn't going to get lieutenant captain just because I was like, again, my dance director hates me. She plays favorites, and somehow, some way, she always, even though she doesn't, you know, judge officer tryouts, she always manages to get her favorites up there. So I was like, I'm not one of her favorites. So she's going to knock off lieutenant captain. There's only going to be two senior lieutenants, and then there's going to be two junior lieutenants. And literally, that's how I thought it was going to play out, right? Some people thought, like, "Eh, it wasn't going to play out like that. Like, there might be four or whatnot. But I was like, bro, whatever. Like, the odds are so in my favor. Like, I got it this year. Let me tell you how we made history that year. First year that we have one colonel and four junior lieutenants <laughs> can we get some clown music playing the first year that there has ever been a colonel and four junior lieutenants y'all when i literally saw the note again that like i didn't make it i i felt calm wash over my body i literally just put it down and smiled because i was like bruh sometimes no matter how hard you try what's not meant for you will just not be for you but I felt fulfilled because one I still got to choreograph a dance and see a dance like one of my dances in spring show and I bet you if I go back and look at the program my name is not under there for for choreography I just I feel it in my soul I didn't even look for it I don't want to look for it I even remember receiving the program and I was like I'm not looking at it because again she doesn't like me oh if anyone wants to know one I wasn't her favorite she made that very obvious to what like finally sealed the deal for me was that the colonel who again Eileen hey how you doing girly um one of my good friends she literally told me that the director this is not the first time she's like told a colonel to do this but she literally told Eileen the colonel at the time don't let Brianna into my office like if Brianna is walking towards my office your job as colonel is to which is also like supposed to be like the director's right hand man is to stop her and figure out what she needs but 
I am not allowed to talk to talk to the dance director anymore. And literally I lean pulled a like be for real and was like, I'm not letting that happen. Are you kidding me? No, <laughs> like, like that's so childish. She didn't say that to her face. She just never did it. And then at the end of the year, she was like, yeah, I can't believe our dance director like told me to do that. And I was like, I had a feeling I could tell because every time I walked into her office, she seemed shocked to even see me there. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Anyways. But yeah, I just felt fulfilled because one, I got to live the dance officer dream for one night by having one of my dances in spring show and seeing the team's reaction of hearing the team be like, not of course, not everyone on team, but hearing a lot of the girls on team being like, you should have at least been up there. Like, even if you weren't our first pick, like you worked hard, you did everything like it literally should have been you. And then hearing that other people who weren't even on the dance team, like the varsity dance team, like around the school, literally supporting me and stopping me and being like, I am so sorry. Like you should have been on that officer line and I don't get why you were there. And just hearing the support, that was more fulfilling than any officer position ever, like ever. And I'm so happy that I finally got to enjoy a year. I mean, actually, that was also the same year that I wanted to quit. I was an old girl. And I loved being an old girl more than I loved anything because, like, one, I don't know, just see, still seeing that I had respect from the team was nice. But, like, <laughs> there was just something more fulfilling about knowing that I got to choose it instead of feeling, like, forced. Like, I wasn't forced to do social officer, but I was finally left alone. I was finally, like done being yelled at constantly by the directors I was like like I was done being in a position where I wasn't wanted basically and that was more fulfilling but back to oh like actually being the year where I almost officially quit team and the only person to stop me was actually my mother um I got kicked out of the dances for half the school year I got put back re-put put back in a few but not all of them and y'all want to know why I literally had a fractured shin where my doctor would not clear me because I needed to get an x-ray because they were like, girl, what is wrong with your leg? And so I literally lied to a doctor and had to like fake that I was okay and nothing was ever wrong and get a, like go visit a new doctor and pretend like I didn't already go in for a physical that I was not cleared for just to even be put back in the second half of dances for the school year because I got yelled at so horribly because I didn't have a cleared physical in time. And I was like, my doctor is literally afraid for my leg and I just need to hold out a little because I've had this fracture for almost a year. Like I fractured it in dance and I know it was fractured. You can just, <laughs> let me tell you, when they when people tell you that you know when you have a broken bone, you do. Baby, let me tell you, you do. The pain from walking, from doing leaps, from turning, from a light jog, from, oh, my god the pain and you should not feel a piece of bone moving around on your shin okay let me tell you <laughs> like when they tell you when you know you know oh i knew oh i freaking knew and to this day like my shin does it still actually have the bump on it i think it kind of just healed itself oh let me take that back it's not as prominent as it used to be but like there's still like the tiniest of lumps in the place 
Yeah, I can feel it. But it's tiny now. It just feels like a weaker spot on my shin. It's really not that big of a deal anymore. But I was so pissed off. I was like, no, that's not happening. And so I told my mom about it. And I was like, I'm quitting. And my mom was like, no, I refuse because I didn't just pay $1,000 because, yes, it was over $1,000 to be a dance team girl. Um, it Well, $1,000 you knew a girl year. And then every year after that was like supposed to get lower because you already had all the items. But like we were going to Disney that year. So it was back up to a thousand dollars. My mom was like, "I didn't pay over a thousand dollars for you to be on this team." I get kicked out of half the school year. Now I'm coming up and talking to your dance director. And then my mom had work, so she couldn't actually do it. But sooner or later, she was like, "Okay, Brianna, you're back in the dances, and not, of course, not all of them." And so I didn't get to be in the signature sister dance, and I would just have to sit there and watch my team. And I'm just like, sometimes I just want to go back and just be like, "I hate you." And walk away. <laughs> like, I do not understand why that woman hated me. I will, it will never make sense to this day of why that woman hated me with all her freaking heart. I did nothing to her except be a member on her team. In fact, I kept her employed. I mean, me by myself, I didn't keep her employed. But, like, girly, if you don't have a dance team, you don't have a dance apartment, you don't have a job, like, pipe down. Like, seriously, pipe down. Like, Ugh. but anyways that was my drill team story about like it's okay for not everything to work out but what did like sting a little was like after tryouts I went home I like cried about it um for like five minutes and then like I pulled myself together went home and I saw on Twitter that one of the girls had tweeted hard like one of the girls who got officer tweeted hard work really does pay off y'all I shut Twitter down and I didn't get back on Twitter for two days because I was like babes if hard work paid off I would be on that officer <laughs> Uh, but it was just like definitely one of those moments where it was like sometimes like no matter how hard you wish and pray and manifest and like the amount of prayers I said before going in and trying out to be officer and all that like even getting called back and you know you're being considered for officer when you get callbacks and you're like called back to dance because like the thing that like ties it all in together is like they want to see you dance as a line like what do you look like dancing together and yeah I got called back. I was like, baby, I'm in. But then I did realize that it was weird that they did like three or four callbacks and I was only in one. And I was like, mm, I don't think we're in anymore. And so I was just like, ooh, trust the process, trust the process. Yeah, I should have never trust the process. But anyways. <laughs> but that was that on that. And that was just my experience of, you know, I almost want to say like that was my experience of like semi experiencing the American dream, but like not really. <laughs> You know, because for me, it wasn't, oh, it kind of was a rags to riches going from like mm, definitely one of the worst dancers on team to being the best and like thinking I can make my way all the way to the top. Girl, I didn't even get close. I mean, technically social officer. Well, <laughs> again, the only year we were considered the social committee was close. Y'all, I don't under, I don't think y'all really understand how like small we were treated as this quote unquote social committee. Everyone else, like, their officers would literally, so before, the like, we dance during halftime on, during football games, they'll call out all the officers and their positions one by one. Some dance teams even get their social officers and their positions called out one by one. Some social officers get to do officer strut with their dance officers. Not us. Not us. We're placed 
right in line with team all we get are headbands we don't even get different hats like some other teams like some other teams like their socials get different hats no 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 no. we just get different hat bands that's it which honestly you can't even tell from the field that you have different hat bands but you can see the different officer hats and i'm just always like we are so underrated here and so (laughs) i couldn't put up with it like i just couldn't put up with the dance directors but like being on but like being part of a group and like getting close to the other socials and like literally seeing that the team does respect us and it's just the like direct dance directors that didn't care for us like that part was fulfilling that was also when the first signs of ADHD started to pop out because like I was always the person who did inventory the slowest I was the person who got everything done the slowest and they were like are you seriously working as fast as you can and like I didn't even know how to answer that at the time but like sometimes I wish I could really go back like give myself a stronger backbone that I have now and just be like yes I'm working as fast as possible like my brain literally cannot comprehend how y'all are going so freaking fast and it's not even like I was getting distracted on my phone like we weren't allowed to have our phones like that was literally me trying to go as fast as possible and so it was so frustrating and annoying and I was done girl I was done but it is what it is you know you win some, you lose some, and that's okay. And that was my experience on dance team. Am I really about to put this on the public? Again, it just feels like this is a story that should have stayed hidden and never come out of the woodworks. But again, I'm like, girl, who am I protecting? My dance office, like my dance directors, I'm protecting her feelings. I'm like, for what? She literally never cared about me ever. Yes, this is me talking myself into like posting this. And I'm just like, I need to do it don't worry i'm gonna text a group chat of girls who i used to dance with and be like should i post this girl and they're probably all gonna say yes but thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode if you want to hear me regret any of my decisions about posting this podcast episode go ahead and follow me on twitter baby that is where i'm most active oh and on tiktok y'all her tiktok low-key popping off if you know what i mean Eh. but go follow me everything is in the show notes but like all my handles are podcast girly if you don't feel like going to the show notes you'll find me you know i'm the girl who's in a pink t-shirt with a picture that says milf and training with sparkles all around it that's literally my profile picture on every social media site so follow me i love you thank you so much for listening you don't even understand how much it means to me that y'all stay here and listen to this podcast episode y'all literally get to hear me rant about my life hopefully we'll have a guest soon it feels like pulling teeth to get this girl on my podcast episode because i'm just like you gotta be on this podcast episode because she's a cool girl but anyways i'll see y'all next week so sorry for the inconsistent uploads but she trying girl she trying anyways i'll talk to y'all later